And would you please join me in praying? Father, as we open your word together, give us open hearts and minds. God, help us to receive. Sometimes it is so easy to hear your word, to hear a sermon, and just kind of in one ear, out the next. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reach into our lives right where we need to hear your word. And that every person in this room might leave knowing they've encountered you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, two months ago, I think, three months ago, when we went to South Dakota for our family trip, um, we stayed at a cabin, and behind the cabin was a stream, and between the stream and the cabin was a bunch of tall grass. And it was, you know, knee-high or so for me. Um, my five-year-old, it was like waist-high as he walked through it. And my five-year-old, my 10-year-old, and I were walking through the tall grass, heading toward the dam, because my 10-year-old wanted to walk across it. And as we're walking through, my kids are kind of going this way and this way, and we'd stop here and there. And at one point, my youngest stops. He's near a log that you can just barely see over the, underneath the grass. And he's standing there, and I walk over to him, and the moment I get over to where he's at, I hear... And I look down and just barely catch a glimpse of what is a snake. I have no idea. And I just swoop him up, and I'm like, boys, we are not walking in the grass anymore. And we head the other way. <laughs> um, snakes. Oh. One in three people in America have snake phobia. I'm pretty sure the other two-thirds have at least snake freak me out. Um, they're just like, I mean... Put this picture up. Snakes. In some way, kind of majestic and yet also freaky. There was a guy I read this morning um, in Arizona. They f he found three rattlesnakes in his garage. So we called animal control, and there were not three. There were 20. Some of them were babies. But I mean, yeah, and you're all like, oh, and your hair standing up on some of your arms. It just, snakes, um, they're kind of freaky. And yet, go to the next one. Do you see the snake? So go to the next slide so you can see it up close. Isn't that interesting? The rod of Asclepius, the Greek god of healing. It is a snake wrapped around a pole. Remember the reading that Robin just read? The healing comes when a snake is placed on a pole. Um, and there are some archaeologists that think, as information spread around the Mediterranean world, that this story may have influenced this Greek god and ultimately this symbol and that is still in use today, that you'll see on ambulances. That first ambulance was in the Quad Cities. See it. Our story this morning is about snakes. <laughs> um, now, it's so much more than that. But at the heart is how God utilizes this creature 
that freaks everybody out. And it becomes the creature that both steers the people in the right direction and also becomes the symbol of one of the reasons they think, and you'll see this if you look up why the symbol, why did it become associated with health? Um, One main possible reason is because in the ancient world, when the snake was shedding its skin, it looked like it was being renewed. It was being healed. And so it has this connection, despite all of its other connotations, to healing. So, snakes. You can go to the black screen. Um, If you want to open up your Bible to Numbers, chapter 21. Numbers 21. It is on page 221. Before I read and start explanation, I want to give you the first point, and I just want you to let it sink in. Ungratitude leads to a lack of blessing. When we become ungrateful, it will lead to a lack of blessing in our lives. And I'm going to explain it, because first let me just say, I'm not saying this. I am not saying that our lack of gratitude in some way forces God's hand and he starts taking blessing out. In some ways, it's more insidious than that. I'll show you what I mean. Ungratitude leads to a lack of blessing. Numbers 21, verse 4. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea, and here's the purpose, to go around Edom. If you were looking at this on a map, you would see that where they're at, there's a straight line, and they are having to go around Edom. And the reason that is happening is because in chapter 20, when they got to the borders of Edom, they asked, may we pass through your land? And the Edomites said, no, you may not. If you come to our land, we will attack you. And so they're being forced to go around and add length to their trip. Now, you may think to yourself, they're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. What's it matter a little bit of length to the trip? They're in year 40. They're heading to the end. They've made it 39 plus years. And they're moving toward the promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but if you are driving down the road and you see up ahead, detour, And you know there's a straight line to where you're going, and you know you have to get off and, like, go all the way through a city, or you've got to go. Anyone like that? No. You'll relate to what happens next. But the people grew impatient. (laughs) Anyone grow impatient when you get to the detours? They grew impatient on the way. And and here's what happens to me. If that happens and I get impatient and frustrated, I start thinking to myself, why? Why? Why do you have to do this now? Now, if you're in the Quad Cities, isn't it like all summer? Like, if it's not snowing, they're breaking a road up somewhere and causing detours. Some lane is closed. This is, I mean, it's what happens here. And I think, oh, I just want to go through. I just want to get to where I'm going. Um, Notice what they do. They spoke against God and against Moses. And they said, we were almost there. Why do we have to take this extra trip? 
No. They say, why have you brought us out of, up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Does your anger about one thing ever get taken out on a bunch of other things that have very little to do with that anger? <laughs> Anyone ever have that happen? So here is what I believe is going on here and what a number of scholars think is going on here. This is more than they have to walk around. They are experiencing a hard heart of ingratitude for what God has done. And this moment, instead of just being a, I have to walk around, it is a, oh gosh, you dumb God, you dumb Moses, you, we don't have food, we don't have water, and what we do have is awful and worthless, and they're just digging in. And here's my point. Ingratitude leads to a lack of blessing. And here's what I mean. Let me describe to you the blessings in their lives. I just listened to all this. They have been wandering for 39 plus years and have never once had to worry about food or water. And I'll tell you what, in the ancient world, you had to worry about food and water a lot. There was no corner store. There was no Hy-Vee. There were no refrigerators. They often lived day to day. They never had to worry about food or water. You know what else they experienced? Military victories. Multiple times. You know what else they experienced? All right, so I have been wearing these shoes now for about six months. They might have six more months in them. Um, it seems I have about a year, maybe, and my shoes just start wearing out. They get holes in them. They get all messed up. They're not comfortable anymore. They have worn the same sandals and the same clothing for 39-plus years because God, in a miraculous way, has made it not wear out. They've experienced miracles every single day for 39 years. You know what they're doing now? They're taking the blessing that God has in their life presently and they're walking away from it. And they're turning it into a gripe session. Everything they could be saying, God, thank you for these things, has become, God, God, you just don't feed us. God, you don't give us the stuff we want. We just want to go back to Egypt. So, of course, being a slave and being forced to make bricks, that's a much better life, right? than having God provide for you every single day as you wander around. And the fact that he has provided every single day in a tangible way tells them God is faithfully fulfilling what he said he would do. And guess what they're on the cusp of? The promised land. They're right there. And yet, their ingratitude in this moment for not getting the things they want, it's blinding them to all the blessings. I guarantee in every person's life in this room, when you start focusing on all of the negatives in your life, you will lose sight of the blessings. Especially being unthankful. Um, There's a man named Lee Myers. And on August 29th of this year, the police in Norfolk, Nebraska were called on him, and they were told on a 911 call, there is a man driving around with a cow in his car. Now, when the police caught up with him, 
it was not hard to tell what vehicle it was. Can you show the next picture? That is an actual bull. That's not like stuffed or anything else. That is an actual bull in that crown Ford. Show the next picture. He moves his head around. You can talk to him. I mean, it's an actual bull. Lee Myers, for the last nine years, has been driving around with a bull in his Ford. Guess what his wife thinks? <laughs> she made this comment. When he first started doing this, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> Hated it. Now, the bull apparently has kind of become part of the family, but she said the amount of money he spent to tear part of his car apart, create the little gate there to put the bull in, and then to pay for and take care of the bull, she said, I could have bought a brand new kitchen. And instead, my husband drives around with a bull in his Ford. You cannot miss this thing. It takes up so much space. That bull is what ingratitude looks like in our life. If you want a visual. It just tears into our lives. It's this giant thing. If you are not regularly noticing the things that are being done for you, the things people or God or the, the, just the blessings in life in general. Right? I have been struggling recently with coffee because I had some issues with my filter. Um, and it's been driving me crazy because I love coffee for an entire week. I have not had a good cup of coffee. Oh, God! You know, that's what I want to do. I'm roar against the Lord and against Moses for my coffee. Finally this morning, I think I got it right again. <laughs> I had a delicious cup of coffee. Thank you, Lord. If you are not exercising gratefulness, the ungratefulness will become like this bull in your life. And I guarantee you, you will see all of the negatives. You'll see everything wrong, whether that's in a relationship or at a job or at your home or in your church, um, wherever. You will see the negatives. And they'll be overwhelming, much like the people. Do you know what helps bring gratitude back? Loss. Look what happens to them. Go ahead and go to the black screen. Verse 6. This seems really harsh. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people. Wow. My, my watch got numbers 21-6 right. She wants to read it to me. I'm not sure why. I'm going to go back to numbers 21-6. Thank you, Siri. Stop. Verse 6. Sometimes Siri is annoying. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and the Israelites died. Many died. The people came to Moses. Notice how quick it is. There's no, like, we're going to keep complaining. It's like this starts happening, and they go to Moses. And they said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Loss instills gratitude into us. For them, 
the moment this terrible tragedy starts happening, they start realizing, oh my gosh, we have really messed up. Boy, the Lord has like, we're, we're going to pray. and we're, The fact that they would even go to Moses and say, pray for us, they know the graciousness of God. But if you think about loss in your life, have you ever been to a funeral? If the funeral was maybe for somebody that you didn't even know, you were just supporting a friend, you still probably sat in that funeral and really thought about life and what was important. If it was somebody close to you, you thought, I got to live my life better. Like there's so much more to life. I can't keep, because this is what happens when you lose a job. You start thinking, gosh, if I could just get another job. Like if I could just provide for my family. Man, that job was, and all of a sudden hindsight, that job wasn't so bad. Like as soon as we start losing things, we start recognizing their value. Right? That, that, that line, you never know what you have until it's gone. I and mean, there's, a, there's a real truth to that. Loss makes us realize what we have to be grateful for. A year ago, in July, I told you all, well, most of you, some of you weren't here last year, um, my cat ran away. And I told you the story of him getting out. And some of the things I didn't mention to you were... I'm not really sure how much I like my dog, my dog, or my cat. I take care of them. My family loves them. I feed them. I buy them food, blah, blah, blah. But in some ways, they mostly just annoy me. They're constantly barking at me and meowing at me and getting me to do things. And this morning, it's 5.50 in the morning, and I'm sitting in a chair, and I've got my computer, and I'm writing and I'm working on this message right here. And if it's not good, you can blame my cat. Because he decided that somehow he still could wiggle in and sit on my computer. I don't understand them. So when, they, when the cat left, I thought, I've got to get this cat back for my family. My family loves this cat. And they're heartbroken. I've got to get this cat back. And then on that first night that he was gone at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was the one who was up, standing at the front door, looking out, and praying, please bring the cat back. <laughs> and I wanted to tell myself it's only for my family because they love the cats. Except, guess what? The next night I was still up at 3 o'clock in the morning trying to find the cat. Because when he was gone as annoying as that little creature is, I do actually like the cat. But it took losing him to make me realize I really like the cat. Loss helps build gratitude into us. And yet, God doesn't want us just to have tragedy after tragedy after tragedy so that we'll be grateful. Look what he does. First off, he doesn't answer Moses' prayer. Here's Moses' prayer. Take the snakes away. That's what they wanted. Here's what God does, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a snake, put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. 
Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Here's what he does. He could have just gone, okay, they're all gone. Everything's back to normal. What would have happened to the people? Right back to being ungrateful. I think what God does is create a middle ground. Not a, I'm going to get rid of all of your troubles, because once I get rid of all of your troubles, you're going to think you are responsible for everything, and everything is what? And then you're going to become ungrateful. I don't want to just keep sending venomous snakes and killing everyone. What is the middle ground? It is where there is still hardship, but I'm giving you healing. Where there is still hardship, but I'm giving you a place to look. There's still struggle in life, but I'm telling you, you may focus on me and I will help you through what you are going through. You can focus on me and you can remember the blessings. You can remember that right now, I know that every single one of you, you could stand up right now and you could say, this is going on in my life. I am struggling with this. And God is saying, I know you are. Will you look to me? Will you take that song we sung? Not just every blessing, but every negative thing. And still look to him. Because it's in doing that that we start to remember. I mean, what they could have done is they could have come to the edge right there. Looked over at the land of Edom and said, gosh, we just want to go through there. And it's frustrating. And yet... The shoes we have on right now have not worn out. And we can walk around this land. And we know that God has provided food for us. He has provided water for us. And he has not let us down despite the struggles. And so when we get around there and we get to the end of the 40 years, the promised land is there. They could have sat remembering the blessings by looking to God. Even in the middle of the struggles. Any of you not have struggles? Good. If you raised your hand, I, wasn't know what to, I wouldn't know what to do. We all have them. From the very small things that we're just frustrated with to the really big things that cause us tears and anger and, and just the sense of what is ever going to happen. God says, keep looking to me. Keep remembering that this is actually an application for you. I do not want you to go home and think about all the things you're grateful for. That would be way too easy. This is what I want you to do. I challenge you to do this. No matter your age, no matter station of life, I challenge you to do this. I want you to go home and I want you to think about different parts of your life. Your family your spouse, your kids, your job, your home. I want you to think about these things, and then I want you to go, all right, in what ways am I grateful for my kids, my spouse, my best friend? In what ways am I grateful for my job, my school, my, my sports, my club, my whatever? I want you to think about your life. And I want you to look because I guarantee you 
if you are being honest and you are trusting God, there is blessing in every part of your life. Will you see it? Because it changes everything. Ingratitude will cause us to miss blessing. Loss will bring us back into being more gracious, into being thankful, because we understand there's something valuable we lost. But God also says every day, will you look to me? Will you remember? Will you consciously think about the things that are blessings in your life? And don't let that go. I will end with this. I just got an MRI uh, two days ago because I have this shoulder issue that is causing me immense amounts of pain at different points. I'm learning how to not use my arm. Um, Unfortunately, there are just habits you have. Like this morning when there was a light on and I had passed the light and I reached back quickly. Oh, golly. I mean, just pain down my arm. It hurts so bad. Um, I feel like an invalid because I can't use my right arm very well. But I'm getting surgery. But I had to get an MRI. And as they lay me down and they get me all ready, and the guy says, have you done this before? I said, yeah, I've had one other before. He's like, okay, I'm going to give you this. He gives this little, like, squeezy thing. And he says, if you freak out, just squeeze this and we'll pull you out. And I thought, I'm not going to freak out. <laughs> like, I've done this before. It's not that big of a deal. Um, here's what I'd forgotten. My brain is almost 50 now, and it views the world differently than it used to. Um, I've noticed it with heights. I've noticed all kinds of things. Apparently, I'm also partially claustrophobic. <laughs> because the moment they start pulling me into that thing, I'm looking, and I mean, it's like right here, and you're squeezed in, and I'm like, oh, golly. Um, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, that's what I thought. I don't know if I can do this. Um, and thankfully, they stop about my waist, and so my legs are still out, and I can see out, and I'm like, okay, dear Lord, and that was it. I prayed for like 10 minutes. I said the Lord's Prayer. I said Psalm 23 a number of times. I'm like, God, please get me through this MRI as if I were like in war or something. But I was freaking out. And I got through it. In fact, I think I dozed off the second half just slightly. Um, but I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And they pulled me out. And the guy comes up. He's like, all right, how'd it go? And I'm like, it wasn't too bad. You know, yeah, it was okay. And he's like, things went well. And, and he goes, am I kidding you? Did you look to God? Now, just to give you the full story, he asked me before we started what I did for a living, and I told him I was a pastor. So it wasn't a totally random thing that he probably says to most people. Um, but I assume he was a Christian, and he knew I was a pastor. And he said, did you look to God? And I said, yes, I did. Like, most of the time I was in there, actually. Um, it was far scarier than I thought it would be. And he got you through. Yes. Because if we will actually look to him and trust him, it can make everything else different. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to be grateful people. Lord, it's so easy because so many bad things happen. It's so easy to get grumpy and to grumble and to, to see all the negatives in our lives and to completely forget there are so many blessings right in the middle of our struggles. 
Lord, I pray we would look to you and you would help us look to you and to remember the blessings in our lives that we might be grateful people. In Jesus' name, amen.